It's Lizzie from the Westerverse. Uh, welcome to episode 21 of my campaign diaries. In this one, we are going to be talking about episode 10, part 1, in which the party starts their search for the uh, harpies that are maybe the cause of the hunters going missing. I mean, it's it's definitely a high probability. <laughs> Actually, here, let me let me give you guys updates with my life. So right now, I'm trying not to break out into song because I'm listening to uh, Bardcore, which, you know, has probably been around for longer than I discovered it, but I just discovered it, and I love it. Um, right now, I'm listening to a rendition of somebody that I used to know, that, written in kind of more of a uh, medieval-style music um, with instruments and... and um, vocals and word choices for the lyrics and it's, it's fun I like it. it it makes it really fun to listen to as I sit and prepare to talk more about the nightingale so um yeah in this episode uh they're waking up in the nightingale's house you know she let them crash with her because she's super cool um but yeah as uh the, it, it's interesting because like um a lot of times I check in with my players out of game and I had felt like during the meeting of the nightingale like Josh's character was super quiet and I was like honey you were so quiet when you met her why um and and he was like I didn't want to take away time from uh my brother talking to her about his quest and everything so I really wanted to make a point to give him an opportunity to talk to her like alone um because I, I felt like, well, this is one of Angie's totems. This is kind of a big deal. So, yeah, I think he, he kind of rightly decided in the moment that he didn't want to take away time from Andrew getting a quest mission. Um, but it was kind of also like, well, this is one of your goddess's totems. Like, it, it kind of would... He, I was like, did you want to talk to her more? And he's like, yeah, if I had a chance to... I would. So um, I was really happy that there was a, a moment where, you know, he he got to wake up and, and go interact with her a little bit. Um, and I think that's one of those things as a DM that I've learned is uh, there's there's things that there's so much happening in session that sometimes it's good to take a step back and be like, did somebody not really get a moment that they should have gotten um, and, and kind of be mindful of those things? So what I... So, so it, it led to a very interesting conversation because, um, basically I, I kind of gave them a hint of what to do, like a couple different ways they could approach this, this, this problem. Well, it's mainly, it's mainly Andrew's character's quest, but you know, Josh's character's being a good brother and wants to help us twin out. Um, and I find it funny, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was like the Nightingale's being coy, but I, I like the, uh. I like the fact that they're like, well, we've been telling stories of the totems for a long time. And um, I think the point that I was trying to make was that, you know, just talking random stories like in a bar with somebody isn't necessarily going to like make them care about it. Um, <laughs> 
how they basically had to kind of... I'm basically challenging them to come up with um, a, a spin, a way to make it, like, more more memorable and stick in the public conscious. And I, I'm curious to see how they do that. Um, but basically just going around and, like, telling stories to people isn't necessarily going to be the most effective approach in what she's asking for to make their stories well-known again. So it's kind of a fun challenge. Um, they're definitely taking it very literally, and it's it's interesting how much they're like, aren't we already doing that? And also, but this is really hard. So it's like, well, they're supposed to be hard. So I'm, I'm curious to see how you solve these problems. Um, the other thing about this was uh, uh, pre-game, they had met the bear, the horse, uh, the serpent, and the raven. And <laughs> the serpent was Angeed's other, is Angeed's other totem that they've met. And this, and actually, uh, Andrews Hansen Franz has her blessing because he completed a quest for her. Um, and she, <laughs> I, I gave them all, all the, all the totems, different personalities. And for some reason, I don't know why I decided, oh, I remember why I remember why. So I decided that the snake was going to be a narcoleptic and kept falling asleep. And it was just kind of like, oh yeah, do this. <laughs> Um, and it's, <laughs> it's really, uh, the reason I did that is because, uh, snakes are very sensitive to temperature changes. So, um, when they get cold, they get really tired is how I understand it and sleepy and kind of like lethargic. So, or maybe it's when they get warm. Yeah, they, they basically, though, they're very sensitive to temperature changes. So I just I like the idea of that triggering her her narcolepsy so she just kind of like falls asleep a lot um and it's just it was super funny because i think josh was happy that he got a really funny like interaction with a totem and she was like no i'm a fan of you guys i'm gonna come sit on your shoulder you know you're gonna carry me back into my house and i'll tell everyone a story over breakfast um and i i thought it was fun i i don't know I don't know if there's a point to that, but there's... Uh, yeah, the other totems were just so much ruder. Like, the horse fucking was super pissed at them. Uh, especially Andrew's character. She literally kicked him in the face and screamed at him when they met. <laughs> because in, in my head canon, um, the totems all are aware of each other, and they kind of... They get on fine to an extent, but, like, the sibling totems of each other have a little bit more of a connection so this the horse and the hare are super more they're they're more likely to be upset at them for killing the elk which was their sibling totem so the horse was livid um and also fate kind of now fate is up really up in the air about what's gonna happen if one of their totems is dead um so i i kind of like the idea though of the nightingale kind of being this 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 comforting force of like, you know, you're on a, you're on your story. Like, you know, the story is being written by what you guys do. So don't give up hope. It's, it's going to work out. Um, but okay. So the Nightingale's story. All right. So as somebody who loves to write, um, I, I, I really love mythology. I like a lot of different types of myths. Like I just, I've always loved it as a little kid. Um, and now like as an adult, I love myths because they kind of help you understand the culture that they're from. So like the fact that like we developed the um Bendaya together as a group. Like uh and as a group I mean like the boys and I. 
And then knowing that, like, we kind of came up with this culture together, and then I got to write uh, stories that kind of mirrored or, like, represented that culture was so much fun. Um, and actually, out of all of the stories, uh, the one I wrote first was the Nightingales one, and it's still my favorite story <laughs> out of all of them. Um, at moment, uh, I, I have the wolves, um, I have the elks, and I have the hares, and I have the Nightingales. I can't remember. I don't I don't think I have everybody else's. I'd have to go look in the notes. I did come up with the bees recently. I came up with the bees recently. And I'm hoping it'll come up maybe in a later episode or something. So we will put a pin in that. I do have one for the bee, though. But anyway, the Nightingale story. So um, I love it. it. It basically came out of my thinking of when I was when I was developing the sisters and it was kind of alluded to earlier in Josh's Hans and Franz's uh, dream where he had a vision of the three sisters talking and um, Angeed was making a plow um, and Florian was making fun of her for it, kind of thinking it was useless. And Josh correctly saw that, uh, you know, she kind of was mocking her sister for it and seemed to know that humans were going to take things like that and make weapons to hurt each other. Um, and you kind of see this in a lot of myths where there are characters that definitely like aggregate human conflict with each other. Um, but I also liked the fact that um, in the story, you know, Forian didn't really have to try very hard because humans tend to be pretty like petty sometimes with each other and have conflict over dumb things and also legit things. So it, it, it makes sense. And I, I like the idea of the fact that even though the Bendaya's group and everybody, the people who lived in the land were all like people, like, they were all, they're all the same people, basically. Uh, they shouldn't have really had anything to divide them and split over, but they kind of naturally formed into some factions and then immediately, like, started fighting with each other. It's sort of like your hunter-gatherers versus your agricultural um, conflicts with each other or pastoral. Like, you know, if you got agriculture, you tend to stay in one place uh, and you have that same land that you kind of farm or, like, the same area of land. But if you're, like, hunter-gatherer or pastoral culture, you you wander a bit. You know, you got to go with where the animals graze or um, with their migratory patterns. And that might be over into the fields that these people, like, you know, are tearing up and it's messing up where the animals go. And it's like, hey, this is a big conflict. Um, so I, I really knew that there needed needed to be a story of like early discord with the humans because I feel like uh um I feel like most myths have something like that where a lot of a lot of myths have a sort of origin story of humans coming into conflict with each other like for the Greeks it was Pandora um for this is this is not knocking on any sort of thing you know I'm not saying whether it's true or not uh, but if you look at the Bible there's a story in the Bible obviously Cain and Abel there was like jealousy and the brothers started fighting and just like you know you know strife of people warring with each other is throughout different cultures and it's pretty common so basically I I came up with a story about this and I I like the idea that the gods kind of like one of the gods acted a little bit as like she she may have like she she definitely made the tinder drive for it but she didn't actually you know cast the first spark you know she just kind of set the stage and fed off of what was already there um but anyway so 
they are because of this Angie was just super super uh angry about the fact that her children the ones that she blessed with her gift of like creation and making things made weapons and like killed other humans with it because Angie is more of the uh you know her domains are healing poetry and uh craftsmanship and so I kind of view her more as, like, the sensitive of soul and more of, like, the, I don't really want people to fight. I like it when we all are collaborative and working together and create stuff. So she's she's more of the marshmallow of the group, which I, I relate to. I also tend to be somebody who likes to fix things and <laughs> resolve conflict um, without, without getting too violent. However, uh, yeah, her sister basically kind of, proved her right, or proved herself right, and made a point, and then Angie was super mad, and just was like, fuck y'all, I'm gonna go live in this cave, and I'm upset, and you will never pull me out of my sad dungeon, my sad dungeon, you'll never pull me out of my sad space, I will never show my face to the world again. So, he, uh, yeah, so anyway, she, she goes underground, she's, she's, bad um now side note there's this god uh commandiel uh who is the god of the wild things and borders um and he's one of the minor gods of the fahal pantheon that's not the bendaya remember the bendaya are the sister goddesses moru forian and angid um there are other gods of the land that people worship that have different kind of domains and things uh but uh commandiel is kind of like this other god who is in this story. And there, there are some other ones. And recently I actually mapped them out a little bit more um, because I realized, I'm like, you know, there's other areas of culture that the Bendaya and the people of Fahal would have followed. So they probably need gods associated with this. So that's a story for another time. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's involved with the elk story, which will probably be told at some point in the campaign. So I won't, I won't go into that now. But anyway... I don't know if I was inspired more so by Hades Town or by Japanese mythology. I definitely know I got idea the idea for Angid hiding beneath the earth from Japanese mythology because there's a really famous story of the sun goddess Amaterasu being really mad at her brother and being like, I'm going to go hide in a cave. And then basically because she wasn't on... Um, uh, she was hiding in a cave. There was no sun. So then all the demons came out and then no crops would grow. So all the other gods basically did this crazy contest to try to, you know, get her to come out. Um, so that's kind of what happens here is, uh, Forian is enjoying this and she's kind of enjoying the bloodshed and the combat. And Moro's like, shit, I need to get my sister back. Okay, Kamadiel, you come with me. We're going to try to, like, get her out of the cave. And she didn't want to come out of the cave or underground. Um, and so they just do, like, this, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to call it. It's not America's Got Talent. Like, let's just call it Fahal's Got Talent. They do this Fahal's Got Talent contest. Um, or, like, a beauty pageant or something to try to get her to see that there's actually still beauty in the world and there's something worth fighting for. So please come out of the cave. Please, please stop sulking and come out. We, we need you. Like, you know, we, we really need you. And she was like, no, no, I don't care about the peacocks. I don't care about how woolly sheep are. I don't care how, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, this fish scales look. I, nothing is good enough. I don't want to come out. And, um, I, uh, <laughs> I, and then I, I came up with the nightingale being like, 
oh, can I please sing a song? And this is, I think, where the Hadestown inspiration comes from, or or even like Orpheus. Because Hadestown the musical, okay, I will try not to go on a tangent too much. Hadestown the musical is based on the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, where his wife dies and he goes to the underworld to get her back and basically sings a song that's so moving that Persephone is like, Hades, please, please let, hit, let her go. You know, this guy is so sad. Um... And Hades is like, okay, yeah, I'll let her go. And there's, there's like a tragic ending in the story. But anyway, I, I liked the idea of like singing a, the, the nightingale was able to sing something that was like so beautiful um, that it, it, it made Angeed want to come outside the cave again and kind of keep going on. And I do feel like that is poetically true. Like there are times like in my own life when I've been very sad and very upset and it's finding the beauty in things like sunsets, walks, the rain, or a really good story that sometimes push me through those dark periods and remind me that there are are things worth um, living for and there are things worth, you know, things are still beautiful in the world and it's worth fighting against the sad things and the dark things to keep pursuing those things that are beautiful. So uh, obviously though, when you have an idea like this, that there was a song that was so beautiful or something that was so good that it, it got this goddess to come back out and give the nightingale her, her mark, everyone wants to know what the song is. <laughs> and I expected that. Uh, but I also, it's kind of a Tenacious D situation where they talk about how they sang the best song in the world to, to beat it, uh, to beat Satan in a, a music cough contest. And, uh, of course they're like, I, you know, they don't actually remember it. They can't remember it. It's basically like, just, it's just alluded to as like la da da or something like that. And I, I definitely alluded to that. And, and that's how it is in the story. Because when I wrote the Nightingale story, I didn't think it would be the Nightingale herself telling it. Um, and of course, Megan was like, well, can you teach me it? And the Nightingale's like, nope, I'm not going to sing it because this was the one thing, uh, you know, this is a special thing and I'm only singing it once because it will never be the same again. And I think that's unsatisfying for the characters. But also, like, there's no song, tune, or lyrics that I could come up with that would be so moving that it would top whatever they come up with in their imagination. So it's basically uh, one of those things I've learned about uh, mysteries is sometimes like, um, it, it's it's one of those, it's you gotta leave a little bit of mystery and, and let people's own imaginations fill in the blanks because that will always be better than whatever you could come up with in regards to that. So yeah, that was the Nightingale song. Thank you for joining me on uh, Lizzie's Random Guardians of the Hall uh, mythology course. Uh, please tune in for next time when I talk about something else. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, okay, so rounding out the end of this episode, um, there's a little bit of a hint because the Nightingale gives them her blessing and there's some specific wording that I use, which is it did not work on all of you. Um, which really at the time, the only one who it should not have worked on was Nora because she's a half elf and they have, uh, they already have like advantage on saving throws from like their elven heritage or, you know, their fey heritage. Uh, but also when she said it did not work on all of you, uh, that's because, uh, Rowan also has that ability and I wonder why, like, ooh, mysteries with Rowan, Rowan. What does it mean? Um, and eventually you guys will find out. But yeah, he, he, uh, Aaron knew this as a, 
as a player, I gave him the same advantage on uh, saving throws against being charm, which when you think about it, it's really not that big of a mystery. He's literally a magical walking fey tree. So he really should also have this kind of like fey resistance that elf that like elves and half elves have. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those little things. It's like a fun little hint about maybe why he has that. I don't know. Maybe you could read into it. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe it's important. Maybe it's not. Uh, but yeah, then they uh, go hunting for the harpies, and I created a very good skill check I was proud of, and they did incredibly well at it. Um, but basically, the skill check was if they rolled really well, they could find the harpies before sunset, which is when they were asleep, which kind of tipped the fight in their favor because I knew they were going to have a chance to sneak up on them. And overall, it was kind of a... Uh, good thing because harpies can be one of those things that unintentionally turns into a party wipe if they all fail their saving throws and whatnot. Um, but you know, they, they managed to get a drop on them and get up there and now they have, um, them basically, uh, trapped in their cave and they have advantage. So I think that's, yeah, that's basically where the episode leaves. So we're going to leave it there for now. I don't have too much to say more on that. Um, other than I just am blown away. They continue to do so well on skill challenges where I'm like, am I saying the DC is too low? Cause it says a 15 DC is like hard or maybe that's medium. Let me look at my D let me look at my D and D screen really quick. No, I will tell you. Okay. Moderate is a 15 and a lot of my DCs have been in like the 15 to 18 range. There's only been a few of them that have been higher than that for reasons. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, they, they did really well on the skill challenge. They passed five successfully, so they managed to, um, get a jump on them. Or maybe it was four successfully. Anyway, they get a jump on them. It's good setup. Uh, it's also nice because Megan gets to use her, not only fav one of her favorite enemies, which is monstrosities, but she, uh, gets to do the tracking stuff. And that's kind of hard, like in an urban setting as a ranger, you know, you want to make sure that rangers kind of have their due to like provide for the party and do their woodsy stuff. So... It was a nice little moment. It was a nice little moment to kind of give Megan's character, like, a lot of um, ability to use her skills as a ranger. So, overall, um, that's that's all I have to say about this episode. It's a good one. I really love the fact that I got to tell the story of the Nightingale to everybody. It's still one of my favorite stories I've created for this campaign. Um... It's probably not my favorite, but that one isn't really come up yet, and it also doesn't really have to do with the Bendaya or mythology, so we'll see if it ever comes up in the campaign. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please like it on social media, share it with your friends, tell them to check us out. Um, if you really like us and you want to support us, please consider donating a dollar or two on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to do reoccurring gifts, you can, but otherwise, like if you just want to throw a one-time gift at us too, that is totally fine. Um, if there's anything I didn't cover that you want to know more about in this episode, leave a comment either on Patreon or reach out on social media. You can find us at the Westerverse on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, or on our website, uh, thewesterverse.com. You can write us a comment or no, not a comment. We have a form there that you can fill out and leave us feedback, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Next time we're going to talk about the battle with the harpies and basically, um, Rowan's vision and all of that. So I will see you next time. Have a good one, adventurers. Mm -hmm.